Ready? <coughs> Roddy. You are. <laughs> uh, now I'm more the dude from the Go Compare advert. Go Compare! Go, no. Yeah, fun fact. Did you know the dude in the Go Compare advert? You know what I mean, right? You know, the opera singer from the uh, popular uh, comparison site advert. Yeah. yeah. Um, other comparison site adverts obviously exist. Um, that guy is apparently a genuine um, opera singer, as in like a, a famous opera singer, or say famous, oh, maybe not famous, I don't know, maybe that's a, 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 the wrong word to use, but apparently he's a very successful opera singer. Not just wow. not just an actor or whatever. Not just a pretty face. Well, not, not a pretty face, I think is probably the most, that's, that's unfair, sorry, I've just dissed the guy's looks, how could I do that? That's well out of order. Yeah, you were scumbag. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'll accept my scumbag status on this occasion for what I just said. Sorry. Um, Sick. Yeah, sorry. I was just, as I say, uh, uh, just trying to make sure my voice is nice and loose and warm for the the listeners. Make sure it's nice and um, like dulcet and. Rah, rah. Speaking of voices, you've been watching Love Island. Job, <laughs> job, fucking stupid. Shut. <laughs> In drivel, it is drivel. Which is I mean, There's only one reason. Well, there should only be one reason why a bloke watches Love Island. And that's to look at the women on it. There should be no other reason why you watch it. I'm trying to work out whether I feel like that's a sexist comment or not. Um, but yeah, I watch it because of the women. <laughs> like, like female, yeah, it's like females. If you were a female watching Love Island, I would think, I would hope, the only reason you're watching it because it's, it's fucking good-looking blokes in it. Because there's no real intelligence between any of them, is there ever? No, probably not. They're I, all just be celebrities who want to be famous and rich without doing nothing. I, I can't deny that I have to agree with you today, Jonathan. That the yeah the the the, the relevant audience for Love Island is a bit dross, um, and I think we do run the risk of losing some of our listeners here. <laughs> but. Um, yeah, like those people we just seen in a video now attacking as they were because they would watch Love Island. Yeah. Yeah. That dumb as shit. Like I just we were obviously talking prior to starting to press record about this attack in Clapham Junction in Asda by five or six really random people dressed as superheroes and Ali G and whatever. And I just can't get my head around it. Like I just I can't fathom how that type of thing happens. It just because there's. There's not enough deterrent for them not to do it. Hmm. In 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 any fact, I was like, most people don't like confrontation. Day, I don't think anyone really. Well, very few people I would say like confrontation, and it's it's bullying in there. Most people can't do anything to them, so they think, oh, we just can't even further. And the police, whether it's their fault or not. I'm not willing to do anything to them. I mean, they can't come in swinging batons on me when they should be able to, but it's like, well, why not do it? Yeah, I think... Stupid, yeah, but... That, that's the type of scenario where you think, I would justify a little bit of police brutality, you know, crack mm. a couple of skulls, teach them a little bit of a lesson. I shouldn't be saying that, but... I think it worked in the 70s. Now, you didn't see any kids lipping coppers in the 70s, because they were just 
hit them over the head with a with a little backhand down the street. Mm. Which is what some people need. They're not in life, I think. I feel sorry for Eliza, mate. I bet you turn her backside. No, I don't. I try. Um, no, I did think when I heard before I had kids, I think, oh, you need to give him a, you need to give him a smack. I'm like, actually, I've read about it. And the, sort of like the evidence suggests from psychologists, it doesn't really do him any good. No. I I'm think... thinking, people say, oh, it never did me any harm yet. It's coming from a generation of absolute scumbags. So I'm like, well, it looked like it did. Yeah, I think uh, I've, I've read similar stuff where when obviously, obviously, you know, kind of when, as you become a parent, start to kind of read about behaviours and things you, you know, not necessarily reading specifically about smacking. But I remember having a conversation with my mum about it, actually, about stuff like that. And I remember reading that, obviously, the evidence suggests that a kid that's exposed to um, kind of uh, discipline like that is more likely then to become more aggressive and kind of hit other people as they get older, which is quite often the, the case, actually. I think you, you find that um, people that have even been, like, abused as children are more likely to go out to be abusers or, you know, the same, that type of scenario as well. I think that obviously often happens, so... Because the kids of A, they they watch what you do and how it's like they understand a lot of things and that you think they don't, but they watch how you behave, don't they? It's like, well, that's why people, kids in abusive relationships, their parents think that right. Imagine a scenario if if someone if you're a father of a girl, obviously which you are and I am, it's like <clears throat> two girls, two girls. Imagine the little girl sees um, the father hitting the mother. And the mother being too scared to do anything about it or whatever the scenario is. So in later life, if a man hits her, she may or may not, she may find that oh, that's just a normal thing, and and that's and that's acceptable, and it's not, is it? So they do. So it's like I can see the people's logic of why they, well, they they want to give him a little smack, but I don't think in reality it's a positive thing no and to go back to the original point about love island um it's only because there's a no there's a welsh dude on there and uh he he sounds very much like you in voice what's his name uh i, know. I don't know um genuinely i don't know i'm not just saying that because uh, i don't actually watch it it's just on the background of my house quite often but um he speaks he's very different oh, you can obviously google him um very similar mannerisms to you as well unfortunately for you he's a bit better looking but you know uh, can't have everything well. can you johnny no but i'd rather be ugly than stupid like you might actually shouldn't really say that because i don't know what he's like, like it could be very intelligent no he's, i don't think he's particularly intelligent yeah but so then i rather... can't can't say i've seen a lot to uh to to know for definite so um, whatever your name is, Mr. Welshman from Love Island, uh, sorry if I've offended you or misrepresented you in any way. Brett, would you rather be the best-looking guy in the world and stupid, or average, or average and intelligent? Average and intelligent. And that's, I that's that seems like the best trade-off in terms of there, there is definitely a thing and this isn't evidence-based money stretch so but i'm going to say the comment anyway there's definitely a thing that better looking air quotes people have to work less hard in life to be successful that's yes. definitely a thing 
Like if you're better looking, you're probably more likely to get jobs. You're probably more likely to get obviously get a partner, um, earn more money. I I just think I don't know why our society is built around kind of good looking people in and in, in that respect. So I think if you're better looking, you probably just got things a bit easier. But in the same breath as like if I could be average looking but really intelligent, that's yeah, that's that's a good trade off. I'd be happy with that. Because obviously it's all it's all well and good being really good looking, but if you are dumb as shit, let's be honest. Well, I don't know. I was I would say from my own say personal preference from a um a partner perspective. Okay, who doesn't want to go out with a good looking individual? You know, most people no I think most people would say, well, you know, yes they, they obviously would. Um but you can be you could be a eleven out of ten, but if your personality is shit, you won't last very long with most people, unfortunately. Because you soon get bored of how someone looks. Yeah. But yeah, hundred percent. Because looks feared eventually, they well, even if they don't, like I said, I just you, the men I think are just so driven to kind of spread their seed. Oh, that sounded wrong, didn't it? Um, <laughs> that I think you just get bored of the same individuals anyway. So blokes will probably just get bored of a really cracking-looking woman because you know, they they just end up even if they if the looks don't fade, they just end up trying to find something else anyway. Funnily enough, this is. It's, this could be. It's not a sexist conversation because I had it with Shandy last night actually. As we just after we watched that. Uh... Um, free boxing match we've seen in the street and I was looking round whether it was the Welsh thing I was like well I said I, I could sound very old fashioned even though I'm not that old it seems like and Shelley agreed with me so it's non-sexist I said a lot of young women even women in their 30s it's not really young seem to dress very slutty and they just come across as I don't know. Like it seemed to be different like in the fifties when you just you just have the what's that famous one my girl what's her name? Blonde really really Monroe? Yeah. Monroe? Like, you'd have that sort of dress styling in women when you wouldn't have them with a boobs hanging out in ass and I just think it just doesn't look good. You know, really good, or some of them are really good. Like, it was like, Meh. I'm like, no, I think, no, it's not for me. She's like, yeah, I agree. It seems about, it's, I think when we went with the conversation with you, it was just like, well, why do they feel the need to dress like that? I don't, I, weird conversation to be having, I think. I got no idea, <laughs> mate. <laughs> I have no idea why women dress a certain way. Um, I won't lie. When I was younger, probably weren't complaining. But, you know, scabby little teenager that I was, um, then, yeah, it probably says a lot about me. Um, On to another note. Sorry, if I'm a bit gassy, uh, I've been drinking this absolute beaut of a Morello cherry uh, sparkling fruit crush from Lidl. uh, But it has given me a little bit of um, gas, which is not overly pleasant for a podcast. So, sorry, listeners. But um, I will say I am kind of obsessed with it. Yeah. Mm. 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 Or perhaps some people might say just I'm really dedicated to the flavour, but I don't know how you feel about that. <laughs> Johnny, do you do you think um do you think that do you think it's okay for someone to cause like someone else that is kind of committed to their nutrition, fitness, or kind of like the general fitness lifestyle? Do you think it's okay for someone to call them obsessed? Well, it's, it's one of those things, yes, one of those, like, 
depend on the scenarios, isn't it? Like you, you, I think it can come from two places, can it? Well, I, I, if you can see the situation is damaging someone, it's like a f- male or female wants to lose weight, is clearly already in shape, it's clearly not fat, maybe have abs, and they say, I'm fat, I want to lose weight, and they go about obsessive behaviours of, like, you know, eating chicken and broccoli every day, every meal, and excessively doing cardio, there you need to say, look, it's talking about being obsessed, and it's about, you need help. But there's the other thing of, just because someone trains, if you can train twice a day every day, because you do multiple multiple things, you do, do like train the gym, you do a combat, or you do something. People call you obsessed because you love doing it, and I just think, shut up. If you don't like, if you don't like doing it, because you can't be asked, you're too lazy. Don't tell, don't call somebody that's obsessed. So there's, there's two, there's two ways, maybe more than two ways of of, of going about it. I know there is, but there is a tendency for a lot of people who can't do it, won't do it, don't have the discipline to do it, to call people obsessed. I don't think it's right. So if someone's obsessed, then great. With with a lot of people could do with being obsessed by something in particular rather than watching a telly. Become obsessed with something, generally you become good at it. And I can't see really if it's positive to your life and you get good at it, what's the what's the what's the arm? The thing you said there, like positive to your life. Well, I, I don't understand why the word obsessed is necessarily automatically a negative thing. Like, why, why can't you be positively obsessed with something? You can be, and you should. But you think the, the most successful people on planet Earth are all obsessed with the particular thing they're good at. Elon Musk is obsessed with changing the world. And is it a bad thing? No. Because he's clearly doing quite well uh, Cristiano Ronaldo is obsessed with football you know doing quite well Ronnie Coleman was obsessed with training okay now he's totally fucked <laughs> I was about to say maybe not the best example he's obsessed and now basically in a wheelchair um, but <laughs> he is two years now of course I know he's a millionaire he's very famous he seems quite happy apart from having no spine left um, and, he, and he doesn't regret it so you know that's up to him but it, there is a lot of. My mother tells me you're obsessed. I said, "But well, not, I'm not obsessed at all." In like the way she sees it, I go to the gym all the time. Yeah, so. Mm. So Zap, I'm happy. Create that. That's my life. I like it. So there we are. Yeah. So I said, "Have I ever given you trouble with drinking or taking drugs? Never in my life. I would rather gone and trained rather than go on a Saturday night, even when I was relatively young." Yeah, I, 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 drinking. I def, I definitely agree. I guess there's like anything these balance, nuanced kind of views. You have to have a look at it because, yeah, if someone's almost doing something or having some kind of like preoccupied, excessive like, um, like view or you know this obsessive view on a certain thing, and it's then having a, a negative consequence in some way in terms of whether it's kind of psychologically or even kind of point where for kind of physical health issues, you know, if we're talking about fitness and exercise especially, then yeah, clearly the obsession is a problem. 
but I don't I don't see an obsession with some, something like you know you could say about the whole jiu-jitsu thing where how like we had this conversation didn't we with between us and also with Roy Ritchie who's just started his jiu-jitsu journey I know we joked around this whole podcast becoming a fucking jiu-jitsu podcast but sorry but um that you did, people get obsessed with it like there's something about jiu-jitsu and you know you can insert any a lot of things probably but we'll just use that as the example there's something about that which is just so all-encompassing it's you know it's like high high level problem solving which just becomes like this like i, I can't I've, actually i find the words even difficult to describe it but it does become this kind of like all-encompassing obsessive kind of preoccupation that you're just like wow i just want to think about this and i want to think about that and i can't wait to get to the next time i'm going to roll and um because i want to make sure i want to try this out and i want to drill that and it i, I didn't I, yes okay that could that could go over the line that could become a problem for some people and that they start never seeing their family or you know they start never seeing their friends or they start kind of skipping work or all these things that could become negative uh, issues in their lifetime but I think generally, though, like actually, you know, is it is it a bad thing to get into something that is, you know, for the most part, a positive influence on your life? No. And in that regard, okay, if someone could be obsessed, but what what, what people would call obsessed? I mean, you could, you could, if your gym has classes, whatever you want to call them, in the morning, like six in the morning, you could do, you could literally train twelve times a week, but still have all day to spend with your family. And go to work. So people might call that obsessed, yeah, but it doesn't detract from anything else. And if you, and if let's say you live with someone, you got kids, you spend go to the gym in the morning, spend all day with them or whatever, then go to the gym in the evening, then you've got the best of both worlds, haven't you? And things like jujitsu depends who you speak to. It, it they a lot of the higher belts, not that I know many higher belts, like, but they tend to think they tend to say that they've taken their behaviour from jiu-jitsu into life which has made them more positive and with certain things like like they're humble on the mat because they know that someone who's a bit better than them can talk about and if you want to boil down a cookie up they want to do the life is in your hands in the extreme circumstance so they take the humble as into their day-to-day life so they tend to be a better person and they they they, they send they tend to say that the problem solving that they have to do in jiu-jitsu to get to a certain position, do a certain submission, they take into problem solving in their life. It's like when you drill something, someone's letting you do it, and they stop. If they then are told, fight it, and you can't get them in a position, you have to find a way around to get them there to do it. And people seem to they tend to carry that over into life, which is okay. There might be an obsession with jujitsu, but as an overall life skill, has improved your life. Yeah. What? What? One of the things that I, I guess I find in this whole kind of topic, I I find quite frustrating there, where people will assume that someone's obsessed in a lot of scenarios. Like I certainly I find my own personal experience. People see snippets of me, or they've got, got an opinion of me based on like small parts of my life and actions and how I am. Um, even people I've known for years and years and even decades will just make these assumptions that I'm kind of like obsessed or so dedicated to something that I won't then indulge in a particular behaviour. So, like, an easy example is 
someone's offering biscuits around and they're like, oh, you won't have one of these, will you? And I'm like, why wouldn't I have one? Like, why do you assume I wouldn't have one? Do you think I'm obsessed with kind of fitness and nutrition to the point where I can't eat a biscuit? Or do you think like I'm so dedicated to kind of living a certain lifestyle that I won't go out for food or whatever? And that, that can sometimes get annoying. It's kind of like, I'll be honest, I quite like to be asked and I like biscuits. Don't don't just kind of skip past me for that reason because you think a certain way. And I, I'll be honest, another reason why I don't like it is I always have to explain myself. I almost feel like I then always have to explain. You don't understand really the kind of the principles of nutrition clearly because you think that all I eat is chicken, broccoli, and rice. Um, because you might have seen me, you know, a lunchbox of something like that once upon a time. And obviously that gets annoying. Just having to explain, oh, no, no, you know, I actually do like going out for burgers all the time. I do like cake. I do like eating those things. I actually, I'm probably just like you. I just eat slightly less of the shit than you do and slightly more of the good stuff that you don't. Um, but then, and it's the, but the funny thing is, it, it it only tends to happen when you're following health-seeking behaviours. If I said to someone, I should be saying to people, go out every weekend on the piss. You are obsessed with getting drunk. What does that benefit in your life? Not at all. Fucking zero, zero benefit to your life at all. You you can't talk to people without being drunk. You can't have fun without being drunk. Not exactly helpful and costs you loads of money and you feel like shit the next day. Tell me how is that benefiting your life? But when it comes to someone, right, even if someone, right, wants to eat five meals a day of high quality nutritious food, what's the problem? It's not a problem because they are they are healthier than they would have been before, potentially. If you're eating five meals of shit a day versus five meals of quality food carry equated then you're completely better off but it's, it's but it's only in people in the fitness industry are called obsessed normally by people who eat shit look like shit and just act like the typical unhealthy westerner which is causing uh so many health problems like type 2 diabetes obesity heart disease cancer it's like oh you're obsessed well i'm about now you're obsessed about getting really fat and costing just loads of money how about you get some of my obsession and put it into your life that's what bugs me it's like if you smoke and overweight and eat and drink loads of booze then it's almost accepted oh that's fast normal but if you are actively seeking to be healthier to eat quality food 90 percent of the time you're you're seen as obsessed can, it's just it's lunacy to me. I didn't even enter the conversation. I just go, shut up. You do what you do. What you do. I'll do what I do. Maybe I'll then. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, I mean that is definitely a fair point. That the majority of people that call someone obsessive are usually the people that themselves don't want to get them. You know, they don't want to do the thing. They don't want to get themselves aligned into those behaviours and actions and become kind of potentially a more positive individual and sometimes that that idea of the the way to make your tower tallest is to tear someone else's down that is kind of quite rife in people like a lot of people will like they don't want to make their own tower tallest by building theirs up because it's too much hard work and effort it's much easier to just basically upset other people and tear theirs down and obviously one way of doing that is by going oh you're obsessed oh i can't believe you're obsessed can't believe you go to the gym four days a week oh cool i'd have the donut have the donut come on you know you don't need to lose any more weight don't be too obsessive that that I guess a lot of people can probably relate to that, and I've had loads of conversations with clients around that quite often, where 
kind of had to either pre-warn them or kind of had conversations post this type of thing actually happening where you get they get to a point in their journey when they lose weight and stuff and people you kind of throw out those typical comments that everyone hears like oh don't lose too much weight oh you're starting to look ill you know oh 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 you're thin enough now don't get too obsessive and you know most clients end up getting that from somebody at some point whether it's a family member or um yeah well yeah usually family members let's be honest uh and the you always look at that in terms of kind of why why people do that and perhaps maybe there is some okay motivation for someone doing that in terms of they want to make someone feel better like oh no you look great as you are you know, don't lose any more weight you look fantastic now and maybe they do have some great motivation but i do also think there's a huge reflection there of people's own kind of failures there's a there's a reflection of their own personal feelings and they're, they're kind of then portraying that back on the individual if that makes sense Oh yeah, 100%. Because or maybe they try to do it and they just can't do it, or they they make up excuses why they can't do it. Or I haven't got time. I haven't got this. I haven't got that. It's like very rare for a person not to have time to exercise. Very rare. So I guess if you look, people who eat their days, I haven't got time. Look at them. No. Well, stop telling me porcupines. You haven't got, you haven't got time. You have got time. You just don't make the time. Because it's not the priority in your life, which is a different scenario, isn't it? Mm. I mean, there's plenty of people who've got time. But yeah, yeah you're right. People try and do things, and because someone's doing something they want to do, they want to give it like a backhanded compliment. All I'm going to say is, you're looking great. Not, don't lose any more weight. You're looking great. Why don't you say, you're looking great? Well done. Yeah. It's not, it's not, I mean, let's be honest, it's not like it's their place to comment about whether they think they would look better as they are or losing more weight no, it's like it's, I shouldn't be if, if I said to you oh don't put on more weight I think you're putting on enough now like people would be like what the fuck whereas obviously if it's okay to go don't lose any more weight because you look alright now yeah exactly don't don't put any more don't put any more weight on you're a bit too fat now so oh okay so people, but people wouldn't say that would they yeah. most people wouldn't say that no although, but, although uh, you say that and uh <laughs> no i don't think no i will say it. i'm sure i'm sure they won't mind uh, i won't give away any names but um i did have a conversation this week with uh, with someone and uh, they said that their um partner did say that oh they lost some weight i can see you lost some weight because you now got kneecaps um because you never used to have any <laughs> i was like that's a bit harsh said the uh, legs used to get referred to as what's it's <laughs> i'm like jesus christ you can't say that that's horrendous. You can you you can be more brutally honest, but and it comes from a place of maybe having a bit of fun on things, but it's you know, like like our group of mates, you could say to someone, You're a bit fat now, mate, sort it out. And then like, all oh, right, you're right. They wouldn't take offence to it. Like some people take offence to it, even though you're there's there's more place to say, look, you're too fat. You need to sort it out. Than say, I think that's that should be more accepted than the other way around. Like you should be able to say you're getting a bit too fat now, because you're looking after the health. To say you're getting a bit too, you've lost enough weight now. You look good now. It's just like, yeah, stupid. Mm. Do you know what also annoys me? What when fitness influencers say they're obsessed with like the new whatever like oh I'm so, a bit like me here saying oh I'm so obsessed with this Morello cherry drink like I'm literally obsessed it's like you mean you quite like it yeah 
but I'm obsessed by it. <laughs> it's like, no, you mean you quite like it? It's, uh, it's like so over the top. It's always there. Well, you know, I'm, I'm, set, I'm obsessed with avocado and poached eggs. Obsessed. I, I, what bugs me is the, is the term fitness influencer. Influencer of any kind on social media. I don't like. Instantly. Don't like. Hmm. I, I, this person's a social media influencer. I'm like, right. So they've done nothing with their life, mostly. But yet there's an influencer. Right, okay. Yeah. There we go. I do, I do think I guess like taking it back a bit I do I do think probably there is a a point to be made in that I guess some people's dedication in their own mind um, might be obsessive but they didn't know it as in like someone else externally might think like I think they're getting a bit obsessed but the individual themselves if you spoke to them about it to say look I'm a bit concerned because I think you, that you're kind of going to have you've got some negative consequences of, of your in air quotes obsession of whatever XYZ is uh, but they might just see it as no actually I am just dedicated you know, I'm committed I'm dedicated to this thing but we all know how difficult it is certainly if you kind of more towards the spectrum of any kind of mental illness how difficult it would be for someone to actually recognise themselves not saying you even have to have a mental illness to, to kind of fall into this trap because I guess we, a lot of us probably all, all have and wouldn't say we've ever had a mental illness but you could probably say it's difficult for, for an individual to have some self-reflection or awareness that perhaps their behaviours aren't particularly healthy and they are just kind of almost convincing themselves that they're dedicated. Because I've, I've said this a few times, use this quote, and I think it does is it applies to in a lot of scenarios, but we are, I think like the quote, I can't, I'm going to butcher it, but it's something like we are the we are the easiest, our, ourselves are the easiest people to lie to or something. I can't remember, it's exactly like that. But basically you can convince yourself anything if you want to. As in like, yeah, you know, you've got no one, like basically... If you want, if you want to believe something, you'll believe it, and vice versa, because obviously you've got no one else to tell you otherwise. You've got no one else to convince you. You know, you can convince yourself quite, quite comfortably, quite easily. And I think we can all fall into those traps where we can get obsessive with stuff and convince ourselves it's because of the right. I mean, easy example: conversation I had with uh, a client, a client of mine, Dave, a week or two ago, where we were talking about how I, I kind of had to self-reflect at one point, where I, where I kind of had to stop um, hoarding calories for the evening time. Like this is kind of like the the, the my like peak IFOM days where I'd like basically pseudo eating disorder style starve myself during a day to basically then have some ridiculous crazy fucking flex bowl in the evening under and I'd kind of convince myself under the guise of adherence that it was the best thing to do oh yeah yeah no no that is, I, I it's the best thing for me because it helps me adhere to my diet so therefore it's all okay and that, like I look back now and think fucking stupid i basically could give myself a pseudo eating disorder like not maybe not quite as serious as that but getting to that point almost um uh, uh, obviously it's not a positive behavior but i think it is difficult to self-reflect i think it's quite a difficult thing to do because you'll be brutally honest with yourself you, about just what, what you're doing is it is it right i think it is hard to self-reflect and i think that's where it's good to have someone around you who you trust and whose opinion you respect who you can go right what do you think about this situation and they can go right honestly blah 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 blah. and if you can accept their opinion because you respect their opinion then that would be a good scenario because it is i think it is difficult to self-reflect isn't it it's like if you go to the gym five days a week right but you your kids go to school Whatever. 
nine till half three, right? And you would try to go to the gym at four till six or seven, and then you go to bed half or seven. I would suggest you just have to think, right, actually, I can't really do this. I might be obsessed with the gym because it is actually impacting time with my kids. We can go, right, I need to do it. Either reduce the time I go to the gym, reduce the days I go to the gym, or change the time because I'm not seeing my kids. That you could say, hmm, could you say you're obsessed? You could say you're obsessed because you're not seeing your kids when you could just work around a bit differently, get up earlier or whatever. But yeah, I think, I think self-reflection is a difficult skill to have, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. Uh, it's really difficult. And obviously, kind of admitting failure is even harder. Like, admitting that you were wrong is really incredibly difficult. It doesn't, it doesn't feel like it should. And actually, like, most people kind of feel, oh, we're, I'm, I'm virtuous. I can I can always tell when, like, if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. And actually, like, you only got to look at the amount of zealots within the industry that just will not look at the evidence out there on certain topics and will literally refuse to do it to show you how difficult it is. Like, no one likes to admit, oh, shit, yeah. Maybe I got that wrong. Um, because, you know, it's a human trait to not want to feel stupid or feel silly or feel embarrassed or feel upset. And obviously, you're always doing that. You're always having to admit you're wrong when you self-reflect and then come across something like, oh, actually, yeah, I know I need to try to change my view or opinion on something or, you know, I maybe need to admit that the behaviours I'm doing aren't particularly healthy for me. That's an incredibly difficult thing to do. I think it's easier if you've always been polite and not overly forceful with your views. Because I do find people who are overly forceful want to reflect and what well, I was wrong because they've taken it so far and given people so much abuse for disagreeing they they look a bit of a prick to go back, even though yeah. they're probably anyway. But if you're polite with your views, you don't force your opinion on people, then I think it's easier to go, oh, I was wrong but there, sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Shit, it's it's so hard to then kind of to to backtrack or change your view or opinion on something when you've fully committed to a a camp or a view and kind of left no room for any, um, I was gonna say error, but that's probably not what I mean. But alternative view or whatever, because obviously once you like, if if you put it this way, if you you kind of you you market yourself as the keto guy and then all of a sudden evidence comes out that says keto's a load of shit, it's a bit like. Yeah, but on the keto guy, like, I can't. What am I going to do now? You, you kind of just deny it and carry on denying the evidence and say that no, 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 keto's still the best thing in the world. Exactly. I think. I think that's why it's important to have almost like an open mind and never be too militant on a certain, especially on a, especially on a topic where things change so often. It's like you could be militant on gravity. That's not a change. But you can't be militant on a dieting method because unless you're militant on the, the principle, but if you're militant on the principle, then you'd obviously be, you're going to be open-minded about how to achieve it. And you do find that there's a lot of very intelligent people are not militant in their views. They're always open-minded of new evidence. That's, but the people who are not so intelligent i'm not saying stupid but not so intelligent will have militant views because they don't understand the whole topic like how often do you hear experts say i'm not really sure but how often do you hear people who are nowhere near they'll ever go 
this is an absolute certainty. Mm. Like, like an oil is to yeah. do. Yeah, I, I've always said like when you when people are worried about listening to or finding out the right authorities to listen to. Um, one of my first kind of red flags is if they're ever certain on anything, that should be a red flag immediately. Because for most things that about, well, for most things in life, you can't be certain about anything. It's usually a, we think this, but it depends, or like certain scenarios or contexts required to come out with a more specific answer. It's never a, like you say, uh, well, I'm, we're not really sure, not until sure, but we think X, Y, Z. For, like they from Zealots, they don't say that. They'll go, this is the answer, this is why, blah, blah, blah. And um, so, yeah, I've always said that. It's kind of one of those things where it's a red flag immediately if you're kind of getting really concise answers from people, or not concise, like um, strict answers from people without any complacency or any type of um, it depends answers because for most things, it's just not, it depends is always the right answer. Yeah, you're right. Unless you're saying, is there gravity? There's no, it depends, really, on planet Earth. Gravity on the topic of that is a really funny thing because um, it's kind of like you can't you can't see it and you can't it's like it's a really difficult thing to explain. If that makes sense. Um, go on. Like matter. Hmm. Can't see it. Don't know what it is, but it's there. Yeah. Higgs nope. boson. What's that? How do you explain that? What do you um? What do you think of Bezos's penis rocket? Penis rocket. Yeah. Oh, this rocket going to the moon. Yeah. Whatever. Don't think it looks like a penis. Sorry, Space. I know I went off topic there, but. Space is going. Well, what do you want to think of it? Is it a good thing, bad thing? Just wonder if you like the shape of his rocket. I've never seen it. <laughs> what you haven't actually seen it? No. Did you not see the lift, the, the launch? No. Hmm. I've, be fair I think I've only seen I never, I didn't watch the launch but I think I've only seen it because of the amount of memes that have gone around uh, comparing him to Dr. Evil <laughs> so um, maybe that's what you should spend your, the rest of your Sunday night doing googling memes of, of Bezos and Dr. Evil just because obviously um, they're both bought but uh, I, I, did, I didn't remember this but obviously in one of the films Dr. Evil and the, the um, actual films uh, well I can't think of the name of the film Austin Powers, fucking hell, Jesus Christ! Um, in the, one of the Austin Powers films, he launches a penis-shaped rocket, and obviously now everyone's just laughing at the fact that Bezos's rocket looks a little bit like the shape of a penis. So Bezos was on the rocket as well. Yeah. Fair play. It take some. They are nuts, man. They take some guts to one of them. No one how often rockets fucking blow up. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of figure they must have got to a point where they feel so sure it's safe that, that yeah. they're like, okay, go now. Um, because yeah, otherwise you'd be like, "Fuck you, you got some balls, mate, to to go up there." Because obviously, you know, you're not sending any old Jimmy up there, are you? You're sending like the main man. This, that could be a yeah. catastrophe if if well, obviously it'd be a catastrophe really if anyone died. But you know what I mean? In Branson got last week, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and his in his what looked like an airplane spaceship thing. But it's um, a bit dodgy when he, when when Virgin are asking for money to save them, and he's spending a good wedge going. You know, chucking a rocket in space, you're like, well... I had this exact, yeah, I had this exact conversation with my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, like, they, was it two weeks ago, whenever it was, when they when they launched Branson. I said, he's spending all this fucking money on this thing, where, and obviously that money could get put to, I mean, don't wrong, it might have some really good use in the future in terms of um, helping us move colonies or whatever, I don't know. But 
he was asking for fucking X amount of cash to basically pay people while they were on furlough because obviously Virgin Airlines couldn't cope with the, the loss of demand of all the holiday packages and flights and stuff. And obviously at the time you're like, they were trying to work out it, like the amount of money it would be in terms of that was even his own fortune to pay them for however long it was supposed to be for. It was like next to nothing. It was like me dropping a fiver type scenario. And you're like, he's a bit of a piss take, isn't it? You know, they like say he's got so much money, he spends so much money on this type of thing, yet he's trying to get fucking government bails out, bailouts for, for obviously Virgin Airlines not collapsing. You think, fuck me, come on, mate. If he'd, if he'd gone, he's worth like a billion, if he'd gone right, I'm going to spend under middle of my net worth, personal net worth, and I'll pay the workers and I'll give them a bonus, he would have been a hero in the eyes of I the know. world. I know. That's been, what... the back end of it. Yeah, that's what I don't get, is obviously you've got so much wealth, a little bit of philanthropy like that, and if you can call it that. Um, and yeah, his kind of reputation and kind of personal stock would just go through the roof because everyone would be thinking, oh, brilliant, amazing, well done, Richard, best thing to do. And obviously the actual impact on him financially is so minuscule like it wouldn't even that wouldn't be it wouldn't really be anything like forgive the pun it wouldn't cost him a thing like it just it'd be so small so you could even with finances as it is now you could even you could even get a loan on like half a percent and do that if you didn't want to spend the capital himself and get the com- get one of his other companies to pay back and make your money mm. my uh, my friend Stephen just remortgaged his house at naught point eight nine percent interest not point nine he must have a low LTV as well I uh, imagine. Yeah, but if you think about it, most mortgage companies' lowest rates on loan-to-values is like 65%, 70% anyway, usually. So, obviously, even, you know, that's still... You still you, the point is, you can st- you still get that rate even if you still had a reasonable amount of um, money still owed on your house. Like, you know, 60 65% potentially. So, that's just so low. Um, you can't imagine them ever getting cheaper, but maybe they will. Maybe, maybe the interest rates will go, like, negative. Who knows? Unbelievable, it? He's unbelievable, Johnny. Unbelievable. Um, nice chat. Thanks, mate. I think we, I think we'll call it there. I enjoyed, enjoyed chat. I am. Um, I'm gonna go back to being obsessive about my Morello cherry stuff, and then um, probably obsessive about some a Warrior protein bar or two later. I'm gonna be obsessive about jujitsu. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a look before tomorrow morning of. Uh, a Kimura from North South. A Kimura from North South. Yeah. I vaguely, I kind of know what that is. As in, I know what a Kimura is, and I know what the position North South is. But I imagine most people listening won't have a clue. No, I practiced it last week. Um, because at the minute, when I'm rolling, I'm just trying to ignore attacks. He said, "No, you a basic understanding of like framing." You should have been killed, obviously, because you're brand new. Here's one attack you can do if you ever get in that position. Mm. I think uh, uh, it's always a good... Well, my absolute... Actually, I might just stop talking because I just realised that my qualification in terms of my ability to say this sort of thing and people have any um, relevance to listen to me is is zero, so maybe I shouldn't just say it. But anyway, uh, (laughs) I think getting the kind of defensive side of it going is the key thing kind of just learn to defend yourself once you get to that point where you start you're reasonably comfortable in defending that's when you can start to learn some attacks I think yeah 100% I'm, I wouldn't say I'm the best defending because obviously you've got to be someone who's, who's well, equipped yeah. to you Let's say See, that's, that's, that's all well and good being a great defender when you've got someone fucking 10 times better than you anyway then it's pointless but there's a mark for, like, for my experience there's a mark a difference between a white and a blue belt 
like night and day difference. Like a blue belt. When I try to defend the way I've been shown, they've already stopped it before I've tried. Yeah. Obviously, they know what the outs are the night before they even do it. Yeah, yeah. So. Right. I'll, uh, I'll let you go off and Google some YouTube stuff or whatever you're going to do, so... John Danaher, if I can find it. John Danaher, yeah, I remember you, you said that last week. So, uh, anyone interested, go go Google John Danaher and yeah. check out some of his shit. But it's not about even just about jujitsu, it's about all martial arts and how he thinks about life. And it's very, he's quite, I, I, he comes across as very intelligent, very well spoken. Be interesting to, uh, you like, you must know who he is. Yeah, yeah, I follow him. In fact, I only yeah. followed him. I, th- I didn't know who he was before you said though. Because I might, I, I thought I, I know you'd like him. Hmm. Yeah. No, I can't say. Yeah, uh, I did know who he was prior to that. But then again, I'm, I'm not going to obviously claim to be any expert or have any real knowledge or experience in the uh, true jiu-jitsu realm because I haven't. I'm more the you kind of very surface level UFC type fan. So although I have been watching UFC way before most people, and so I, I started watching it in about 2010, mixed martial arts, um, which I think is at least seven or eight years before it kind of became a bit more mainstream and people knew what it was so i think most people didn't even know what it was that, that's that wrestling thing in it that's that cage fighting thing in it it's like uh yeah yeah certainly in the uk like mcgregor just blew it up basically so yeah i i i, I, I listened to john down earlier and he was he was um talking about uh very intricate anatomy testicles so, He's no, he's no about uh, ligaments, and he's quite. He's obviously quite uh, clued up on anatomy, and what what things are doing. He's obviously very intelligent, like that. I know you like that, Brett. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll definitely start to follow a little more closely. I, I said I need to get need to get back on my journey. I told you mine's been put back by a few months because obviously I had to, I missed the first week of the beginner's session, so I had to then fucking put it back a bit, unfortunately. So restart again in September, apparently. So. Yeah, doesn't matter. Yeah, I hopefully I won't die between now and then, and it, it will be okay. So yeah, and we can meet up for a roll in a few months' time. <sighs> That's a treat, isn't it? That's a treat for me. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Let's say au revoir. Thank you guys. Buy cheese. Uh, Eatlean dot com. Discount code NN10. Get your money off. Uh, if anyone wants any cracking protein bars which as i said i'm about to go have one uh go to teamwarrior.com i think it is yeah teamwarrior.com and wsnnn27 gets you 27 off funny enough and i think that's the only other discount codes referral codes that we have to chuck out but two that we genuinely believe in so uh if you don't want to don't use them simple as that uh, but we would love you to please r- uh, rate review subscribe share all that stuff so uh lives in iTunes, Stitcher, uh, basically most of the the kind of common platforms. Please like, share, review, subscribe, send to your friends so we can prove or increase our listenership. Thank you very much. Yeah, so we can talk just as well. Lovely old job. Right, thank you. See you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the NNN podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please help us by rating on your podcast provider, sharing with your networks so we can get our content out to more people. See you next week. Thank you.